Fred McMurray. It's 4 p.m. Central, which means this has to be... Yes, folks, I'm Fred McGram with my co-host, Ray Pillar. Ray, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Don't we have any guests today? Where are all the guests? Oh, we've got them off stage in the green room. Because after oh, all, okay. they can't hear us. It's Women in Franchising, August 2020. And I figured this was probably going to be the last time two males actually talked directly to each other during this show. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should be interesting. We got some, we got four Fabulous women's planning co-host on today, or is that five? I take that back. We've got five great women's planning <laughs> co-hosts on today. Um, we got everyone's favorite female business warrior, Kristen, and I'm not going to butcher her last name, so just Kristen S. <laughs> Michelle Rempel, Carolyn Thurston, Rebecca uh, Rebecca Monet, and Elizabeth Denham. So we'll bring them in real. soon soon. Don't worry, folks. We can see on the uh, website. You can chat at us or you can, oh, already got callers in at uh, 323-580-5755. Our uh, technical producer will uh, take your calls. They're already on the, wow, Ray, we already got them all lined up waiting to talk on both the phone as well as the website. So, Shall we bring the ladies we on? Bring them on, then. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Ah, there's Michelle. We got Michelle Rumpel. Hello. Hello. And hopefully we got Carolyn. There's Carolyn Thurston. Come on down. Hi, Carolyn. <laughs> Hi, Carolyn. And she's muted. <laughs> well, we'll unmute her. And now we got our everyone's favorite yeah. female business warriors. All right. They Kristen can unmute. Shalmazi. <laughs> Yay. Did I, did, I, did I massacre or did I do a good job? You were pretty darn close. Oh, good. <laughs> Rebecca Monet. And last but most assuredly not least, Elizabeth Denham. Welcome, ladies. Welcome to Thank Women you, in Franchising, August 2020. Ray, do you want to start off the question with our t- typical pillars of weather? Of course, of course. We, well, we know what the weather is where Fred and Michelle is, right? I mean, it's always sunny in California, so I'm not going to even bother with you guys. Let's, let's start with Carolyn. Carolyn, where are you at? today and uh, how's the weather well i'm in north carolina and it's beautiful um the sun was shining we just had a little bit of a shower but um perfect temperature 
Excellent. Excellent. And Kristen, how are we doing? You just have to be next on my screen, so that's why I'm going in order to see people. I thought you might suggest that I was next door to you, but it looks like you might be somewhere more fabulous unless that's a fake screen um, behind you. No, <laughs> uh, well, the weather, your, your weather and my weather, which I didn't say anything about, it's probably about the same, partly sunny and 82 degrees. Yep, yep. It's a perfect day for baseball. <laughs> it is. It's a perfect day, period, <laughs> for anything. There you go. <laughs> and Rebecca, how are you doing? Uh, fabulous, Ray. It's good to be here. So I'm in uh, Southern California, San Diego. It's a perfect 75 degrees. Oh, and, <laughs> it's even cooler there. Yeah, which of course I appreciate. I don't like hot weather. Oh, I'm with you on that, definitely. And Elizabeth, how are we doing? Well, then you, you wouldn't like it right here, right now in lower Alabama, as we like to call it. Um, 91, with like 99, but beautifully sunny, uh, big puffy white clouds on a blue sky. So it's considering, all things considered, it's a nice day. Yeah, I think we got good weather everywhere. That's excellent. So who's going to start off asking somebody something? <laughs> <laughs> it's all on you men today, right? That's right. We get to wing it. That's right. That's right. I just want to listen. Go, oh, Ray. Uh, well, you know, Carolyn and I were chatting a little bit. Uh, in, and he dives in. Dive in. <laughs> so... Uh, we, and we were talking about, she was asking me how I got started and, and, and you know, things like that. And we talked a little bit about uh, the representation of a franchise or to a franchisee. Is that correct, Carolyn? Yes, and, that's correct. And, and, you know, what is, what, are, what is one of the things that a franchise or should be uh, doing? And I, I said, well, have the back of the franchises, you know, have, you know, have their back. So if you guys want to take it from there, you know, I, I, I think uh, Molly Maid has, has done an excellent job of that. And uh, uh, we have a lot of representation and, uh, you know, as owners. So who wants to take take that and run with it a little further? Uh, I'm happy to, uh, Ray. 27 years now in franchising, and I think what's really important uh, for franchisors to understand where they are in their stage of growth. Uh, because what you can offer as a franchisor to a prospective franchisee or your current franchisees is going to be dependent on the size you are and how long you've been in the business. So never overpromise something if you're a smaller mm -hmm. franchisor uh, mm -hmm. that you just can't uh, deliver on. So I would say the biggest advice I would give to a franchisor is know where you are in your evolution and then speak the truth to your prospective franchisee. This is what we bring to the table. This is what we need from you. We want to build a partnership. But I think to your point, it's always about um, unit level economics, right? It's about helping your franchisees be as successful uh, and as happy as they possibly can be. Yes, because their success is your success. Have any of you heard of a franchise that eventually kind of failed because, you know, you heard through the grapevine that they just weren't really very supportive of their franchisees? Um, is there an example of that? I mean, it happens all the time, Okay. Uh, yeah. Michelle, and, and it's not, I don't think it's because they don't want to be, 
I think it really is a resource thing, right? Uh, that they don't have the resources to go around, but if they, you know, spend the time on the front end, grow, uh, building something strong with systems and processes in place, that franchisee is going to be uh, successful. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough business. Franchising is a tough business, and uh, if you don't have the resources, it is hard to, you know, support the system. You know, okay. Ray, I know that you already spoke to the Molly made part of it, but I will say we just a couple years ago went through our franchisor being bought, so to speak. And uh, I think it was really important. Well, a couple different things. Obviously, I agree with you 100%. I don't feel like we were ever oversold. I think that um, even with this purchase, we've gotten more than we ever bargained for in terms of technology, really playing well together, everything focused around the customer service experience. And so um, I couldn't agree more with you to not set low expectations, but don't overpromise because then you have a bunch of disappointed people. And while I don't know an exact example to your question, Michelle, um, even with a lot of our competitors, when we were out shopping, you know, you heard a lot of different feedback from the various franchisees is some of them very happy with the amount of support they got from their franchisors and some of them not so much. And you don't see those people who weren't so happy when we talked to them back in 2007, you don't see them as big players in this big urban suburban market today either. Mm -hmm. So I think they're shrinking. I don't know that they're out completely because I think there's probably still plenty of, you know, territories out there, but, Certainly in a market like Chicago, you don't see some of those players as much as you did when we first started. Right. And those early stage franchisees uh, need to anticipate that the franchisor doesn't have the same support systems in place early on. So the type of franchisee that comes in needs to be a hunter, needs to be a risk taker, needs to be an early adopter that's comfortable with uh, minimal systems and processes and support in place. That's a different franchisee than a franchisee that comes on later on uh, when the franchisor has those resources. But every franchisor wants to support uh, their franchisees. It's just oh, sure. different stages of growth. It's going to be, you know, a different amount. Told you, Ray. I, I think sometimes the franchisor focuses. I'm sorry? I said I told what? you when we started the show. I told <laughs> you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes the franchisor focuses on the wrong thing, and, and you know they think that the franchise needs something, but they really don't. They need something else, and it's hard to say what that could be. Wow, I think that's pretty powerful what you just stated there, right? So when you say that the franchisor focuses on something different, what could it be that um, or how would how would you be able to find out exactly what it is that they need? That, uh, they need to listen. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, and the reason I say that is in, in another time in my life I, I would go to automotive repair stores and repair equipment. And the same uh, franchise every store I went to of the same franchise would always as soon as they would see me for some reason they start complaining about the franchise order. Now, why is that? You know, why are they complaining? 
And why is every one of them complaining? So that what that tells me is the franchisor is not listening to the franchises. You know, he should be, uh, they should be picking up the phone and talking to them and finding out, well, what's the problem? You know, what can we do to fix it? That's good. Okay. Can I just piggyback on that really quickly? The other thing I think we talked about a lot in some of our other shows is making sure that the franchisor understands the skill sets that the franchisees are coming forward with because mm-hmm. you may have people from one industry going into a franchise that seems to be um, what they're looking for, maybe from a, uh, a profitability standpoint, maybe from a lifestyle standpoint, but maybe the skill sets that they possess just don't match what that franchise actually um, really depends on. So I think that's an issue too, kind of when you, when you can't meet their needs, you know, mm-hmm. um, if it's a heavily, uh, heavy employee business, you know you need people with some HR background. And if you get somebody who's never had HR background, it's a lot harder for them to do various functions than maybe it would be for somebody who came out of a background with a lot of employees and with an understanding of HR practices. That's an interesting statement, Kristen. Uh, I thought I was pretty good with HR until I started my business. <laughs> it was a difference totally different uh, person coming to the, uh, you know, for employment with me because I was used to hiring uh, electronic professionals and, you know, people who had some ability in, 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 in uh, uh, fixing things, you know, and uh, what I, what I learned early on was to leave that portion of my business to someone else. And uh, that, that you know, then it's worked out. Well, it, I don't you know speak any Spanish, so that also was a clue <laughs> when you're trying to interview someone. But uh, uh, you know that's definitely worked out. Mm-hmm. But I think what we need to do though, so since there's a woman in franchising show, is you guys need to start talking about. The well, wait a second! Or, wait a second, or, or, or dude. The, or the. Uh, uh, Time out here. I, the, the good side of women in franchising. So let's change the the narrative here and and, and maybe start talking a little bit about that. Which wait a I'm second. Wait a second. Wait a second. What? Time out. Time out here. Time out here. Let a man get a let let a man get a question in edgewise here, dude. Why? <laughs> because I have things I want to ask. Crazy. <laughs> so. We're in COVID-19 era. It's changing business, my belief, is forever. Um, My belief is, and Carolyn and I were discussing this earlier, and I've discussed it with pretty much everyone on the show about how it's changed. So my belief is, is we never go back to what we were before. So what's one way that you've had to change the way you do business. We'll let Carolyn go. She's the franchisor, so we'll start start top down. No one wanted to jump on it, so we threw her on it. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I, I would say that pretty much is every aspect of our business has um, we've had to look at how we um, how we were performing, and what I'm finding the big 
biggest abuse now is the internet, the platforms, um, e-learning systems for our franchisees, as well as for their employees. Um, we're looking at that. How can we educate? How can we, um, we, we had this thing where we would bring people together and build these relationships. So now we're looking at how do we do that on the um, internet now as this, you know, it's all different for a lot of us, but I would say for, for, for us right now, that's our biggest um, challenge that we're working on is how to still connect, how to educate everyone that's involved. Mm -hmm. Do I hear a pillars of uh, home care coming? Hmm. We'll talk. <laughs> Kristen, we're working our way down. So Kristen, you're a female business warrior. Yeah, I think um, one of the big things that changed, and I'll go back kind of again to where we were with HR practices, you know, the laws and rules operating in a COVID environment today is very different in terms of um, how you allow people to take time off, how they come back. Um, hopefully, most small businesses were able to get um, these PPP loans. So there's a lot of things to keep up with. I mean, literally every day there's, you know, another lawyer sending an update on what they've learned or an accounting firm sending an update on what they've learned or, um, you know, there's new um, practices on how to make sure that you're safe while you're out and about in the public. So our girls have to make sure that they're suited properly. I mean, there's so many different things. And so um, I agree with you. I don't think we're ever going back to where we were. It's just a matter of, um, you know, the one thing they always say, right, the only constant is change. Mm -hmm. And and we're right in the thick of it right now. So um, only the nimble will survive this, I'm pretty certain. Mm -hmm. All right. Which one of our three franchise professional ladies would women, <laughs> non-male non types, would like to go first? I'll I'll tell you with a with a magazine, you know, as you know, Fred and Michelle in marketing that <laughs> presents a very immediate challenge when money is tight. So I think that 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 slowed our momentum down in terms of of revenue, but it sped up in terms of relationship building. Um, you know, we we came out of the gate wanting to build relationships immediately because that's how you. Mm -hmm you know, insert yourself into a, a new industry. And I think that because I had established some relationships early on, uh, being able to reach out to those people, even when they were pulling back on marketing, um, saying, what can we do? What messaging can we help you with? How can we get, you know, your name, keep it out there, even if you're not advertising specifically with us. We've, we've kept people involved in our message and what we're doing in emails and magazines, you know, th those sorts of things. So I think that, uh, I think we've all sort of clung to the relationship building aspect. I think we've all intentionally, I mean, everybody jokes about being on Zoom all day, but that's not a negative in this kind of situation. I mean, yeah. you might, you might get a little tired of it. Um, and people are starting to show up more often in their workout clothes and pajamas, which is fine <laughs> because people just are all doing it. So who cares? But I do, I do think the, the benefits of this kind of thing, are you, stand up, Fred, are you wearing pants? 
okay. <laughs> you were pointing down. I was kind of unsure. <laughs> but I, I think that that kind of thing for what we're doing, and then you find other avenues. You find other revenue streams. You find other, uh, you build community. I think that's been a huge benefit. The funny thing is that my even my family members who live out of town, I have Zoomed and spoken to more during the pandemic than I have otherwise. Yeah. We make a point to get on family Zooms. We've celebrated birthdays and graduations and whatever. You know, so I think that there are the things that are helpful, you know, that you that you're gonna learn from and grow from and you're going to continue to employ as we move through this, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh that brings us down to two. Who wants to be last? <laughs> Who wants um, to be last? I'm happy Let- to address it from. Um, Go ahead. What was that? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'm mm-hmm. on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this has been an exciting adventure um, because one of the reasons folks get into franchising is a franchisee can focus on their business while the franchisor is focusing on strategy, right? And so we are seeing, we work with about 300 franchisors, how creative and innovative these franchisors have become, where they're literally shifting their business models uh, in such a way to continue to uh, capture market share and make sure franchisees uh, continue to have uh, revenue. I mean, I'm hearing just incredible stories from our franchisors where they're learning how to do things differently. We, uh, an example would be a painting with a twist where normally you would get together as a group and you drink wine and you would paint. And now they are drop shipping canvas and art supplies and they're online and, and they didn't lose any real revenue simply because they shifted. So that's the nice part about crises is it brings out this entrepreneurial side of us again, this mm-hmm. innovative, creative side of us. And uh, it's just been such a blessing to watch franchisor after franchisor step up to the challenge, uh, reassess situations, and get right back out there and find ways to help the franchisees be profitable. Michelle. Yeah, uh, from the marketing perspective um, you know we have a a lot of we manage and monitor the social media of many clients both franchise and non-franchise and one of the things I've noticed a huge uptick in in the last few months is uh, customers prospects or customers feeling very free to um, engage with brands via Facebook Messenger, for example. Um, I think that now that we're all communicating, you know, a lot more on something like Zoom, we kind of expect almost a sort of an instantaneous um, communication with the people that we're doing business with, whether we're, you know, business to business or whether we're a customer or whatever. And so that kind of shortening the um, communication line um, has really translated as well into uh, people messaging all the time, all 
day, all times of day and night and, <laughs> and brands having to figure out how are they going to address that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's been really interesting to watch and it's kind of painful as well <laughs> because, you know, you kind of start to feel like, oh, there's no off time anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the world that we're uh, obviously moving into and we're going to have to keep addressing that and, and brands are going to have to figure out how they want to deal with that. So it's a pretty okay. interesting trend. The crazy thing with that is there's so many different platforms, right? right. You mentioned Facebook mm -hmm. Messenger, but then I look and there's like something on LinkedIn and then there's something in yeah. email and I'm like, yeah. I don't know where to go. And like, I'm only one person. And so mm -hmm. it's definitely going back to being nimble and understanding the technologies that's out there because there's so many different platforms. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> so then let's, let's go and, and kind of, we've kind of explored the, a downside of it or the, the real side, whatever you want to call it. What is one of the opportunities that you've gone after that you wouldn't normally have gone after pre COVID? Mm. Who wants to jump in first? Female business warrior smiled. <laughs> <laughs> I smile. Darn it. You know, mine is probably very different than most people on the panel today. And um, mine, rather than being um, client focused, was more employee focused. Um, because I think there's always going to be people out there who need the services that we offer. Um, but in today's challenging environment, one of the, the probably most positive, biggest opportunities we were able to capitalize on, kind of redefining how we deal with our employees and how we make sure they want to stay. And so that when we, because, you know, anybody in, we'll call it kind of the more manual type labor uh, pool, we're all struggling for employees. And I've been very fortunate not to struggle for a while. And when COVID hit, I was really, really nervous. Um, but I'll be darned when we called them all back, 100% of my girls came back. Um, and it was, it's really been tremendous. And so looking at the way we do HR practices, the way we reward um, incentives, the way we do um, time off, we've looked at all of that really hard again and make sure that um, the employees really feel like it's a win-win to work for us, even when times were slow. Um, it was great to be able to use that PP money, PPP money, excuse me, and say, okay, you only earned X amount this week based on the amount of business that we did, but I'm going to use my PPP money and we're going to supplement you and make you whole for what your average wage was. And these girls, I mean, bless them, every single one of them, they didn't call in sick the last several weeks. They're there and they're hundred percent committed. They're doing extra work for our clients to make sure that the customers are satisfied. And so for me, mine's not necessarily about today's profit, but it's about the future and what these employees have to hold moving forward for my clients. Well said. Elizabeth. Well, I think that, and this, this one, uh, Rebecca and I, I think have worked together on this now that we're partnering with the friends as from the magazine and the podcast and all that. But I think um, one of the things that we've looked outside of is 
community, um, building community and maybe going beyond franchising in terms of building community. Because I think that uh, when you're an island, if you're, if you're feeling alone during this time, that's, that's not good. It's not good ever, but now especially. Um, and I think that by focusing on that, our next issue is focused on community engagement. And it kind of worked out well with the timing of everything, because I think we all need that. Um, and I think that the, whatever ways we can find to build community through the magazine, through other means, through platforms, email, social media, whatever it is, um, podcasting, I think that that's sometimes just how you, we get beyond our, our own magazine. Mm, Carolyn. Yes, I like what the um, female business lawyer had stated, I think she summed it up very well mm -hmm. about the um, the um, caregivers in our instance. You know, I, I when COVID first started, I think for all the franchisees that we currently have and for myself, it was the concern about would they want to even continue because every day, every night, there was such news that was coming out. And, you know, we looked up and to be honest, across the board, we probably only lost maybe about 2% of the caregivers. So it was a very small percentage. And these ladies just kept wanting to go to work. Even still today, they continue to, to, um, to go. And you wonder what makes people. And it lets you know one of our core values um, is um, compassion, right? And the commitment. But we look for caregivers who have compassion. And we always say that the seniors that we serve, they're able to see that compassion as soon as you walk through the door. They can tell whether you have it or not. But it just reinforced the fact that we're doing great on bringing people onto the team who really have that core value. Because this was the opportune time. And nobody would fault anybody for not saying they could continue, right? But I think that was a major thing. And also our franchisees, it was a lot, we're, we're a new franchisor. So therefore we have a lot of new franchisees on board that are new in the industry. So this was really a scary time for them and it still continues to be. So finding um, ways to communicate with them frequently and educate them frequently, I found that being very helpful for them. And, um, you know, um, I don't know, it just seems like those are the key things that um, I'm learning. It's not a new thing that we were doing. We're just doing more of it. And it's causing me to observe the people that we currently have around us, you know. So that's what I would add. Michelle? So the, the question the question was, what is something new that you're exploring? What, right? what type or of something? what type of pivot to an opportunity okay. that you normally wouldn't have gone after? We're, yeah. we're in pre-COVID. You're not going to go after it, right? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Um, and for for us, it's been taking uh, some maybe a little bit of extra time to figure out what other platforms uh, are helpful for clients to communicate with um, prospects or with customers and just looking to just doing a little extra digging um, to make sure that we're using the proper platform for the particular target market of any of our any of our clients 
and um, and also just kind of helping them see where there might be gaps in what they're doing marketing wise. Um, but for us, it's been just exploring more, taking extra time, learning new things as always. <laughs> Understanding uh, it, the data. Because it is such a, a new environment. Yeah. New and old environment. Carolyn kind of had that discussion, and I had that discussion earlier, didn't we? Um, understanding the data better. We did. Yeah. Rebecca. So uh, being in the profiling business of prospective franchisees, this has been uh, a serious uptake for business for us. So folks are, are furloughed and laid off and in businesses that were considered non-essential, all of a sudden are going, oh, shoot, I don't want to go back to work. I'm enjoying being with my spouse and with my kids. Uh, and so they're looking for businesses wherein these types of things don't happen to them uh, again. So we've actually seen a 26% uptake in, in business uh, for our franchisors and for our franchise consultants as people are exploring business ownership for the first time. They want control of their lives. They want control of their future. Uh, and this uh, time to reflect while you're sitting home has been uh, a great time for them to do so. So for us at Zorical, uh, it's been, we've been crazy busy helping our franchisors and our franchise consultants. And then as a company, uh, obviously, one or two things is going to happen. Someone is either going to withdraw and go, oh my gosh, and stick their head in the sand and get frightened, or they're going to step out and take bigger risk. So, you know, it's that Warren Buffett kind of idea where you invest when everybody is frightened and you hold back when everybody's being aggressive. So at Zorkle, we've taken that same thing. Who are our bigger risk takers? Who are the bigger uh, players that are capable of stepping into the unknown? So we've been assertively going after uh, resellers and folks that go this is opportunity. This is not a problem. This is indeed an opportunity. All right. And on that note, Ray, before I let you get the next question in, we'll take a couple of sponsor breaks. So I want to let everyone know that you can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. To the people that are already on the uh listening in that way. Uh, Heidi, you'll talk to you and take your calls. Just hop in the green room. Uh, people online at pillarsoffranchising.com, go ahead and send me your chat. We're looking there, as well as all the people watching on, it appears, Facebook um, right now. So uh, Caffeinated Connections is now gone vir is virtual and actually doing speed networking. Uh, 7.30 to 8.45 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays. Be there, have fun, meet people from all over the U.S. And now a word from a sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, 
We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. So, if you're listening, you don't know this. However, if you are watching, you're probably wondering why you don't see my face in any of the video. Well, folks, since we have five awesome guests, I didn't want to break the symmetry of three rows or uh, three rows of or three <laughs> columns of two or two rows of three. So, none of you watching can me giving see everyone giving or me giving everyone the bullwinkle moves. Yes, I've left Ray out there all alone in the video. <laughs> take, Love you, Ray. take it away, my friend. Anyway, <laughs> one of the things that uh, is on a lot of people's minds right now is the PPP loan and the EIDL loan. How has that affected you as a franchisee or a franchisor? Uh, in other words, if you're a franchisor, uh, have you had the need for those uh, or are you helping your franchisees get these loans? You know, so who wants to take first shot at that? Yeah, we, um, we assisted our um, franchisees to go through the process because sometimes when things are happening, it gets so overwhelming for um, people. So we were able to just provide some assistance for them in, um, in that area. Um, as the um, franchisor, we weren't able for um, to receive anything, but we were able to assist our um, franchisees. So we have somebody connecting, Fred. Bringing somebody in. Uh, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> <Wrong way. laughs> we must have had a party going on here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> zoom bomb, zoom bomb. Uh, that was close, but not quite. And that's why <laughs> I'm not on camera. Party crasher. Yeah. Personally, as a franchise owner, I, it, you know, of course, it's helped to have these loans available. And, and I think the most important thing is peace of mind, uh, knowing that I have these funds available to me. And mm -hmm. that business will continue. And all the hard work that I put in over the last, you know, 16 years is, is not going to suddenly go down the tubes. So I think that's a very important thing. And, and Maybe Kristen can comment on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we went through the 2007 downturn, right? We talked about that in past, past shows and how difficult and challenging that was because there was no help, right? I mean, we leveraged, you know, your 401k, your house, whatever yeah. you had to yeah. keep business alive. And so, um, there were a couple of very stressful weeks waiting to find out where we're going to qualify. Um, EDIL came through with $10,000, you know, that doesn't even cover one of my weeks of payroll. So I thought, well, you know, thanks for dropping the bucket. It's something, but there's no way I could survive on that. And so um, 
I, I will say, um, while our franchisor was not able to necessarily help us, they did continue to prod us and make sure that we knew where to apply, how to apply. Um, so that was really appreciate, appreciated. And um, the PPP loan really has, has saved my business. And, and as I said before, it has allowed me to take care of my employees to the point where their lives were, were able to relatively carry on as normal. And um, I think that by being fully transparent with them as we applied for the loan, as the loan went along, I always updated them. You know, they felt like they were part of the process too. They knew that we were trying to take good care of them. Um, I think that um, really helped with their loyalty. And, and now is the tricky part, right? So right as the PPP loan was kind of mid-swing, um, the EIDL, the rest of the money came in. Um, which for those of you who knew, know about that EIDL, in essence, you pay back over time. And the PPP loan, if you follow the guidelines, you don't have to pay it back. So for the listeners who are like, what are all these loans? Um, <laughs> they're two very, very different loans. And the PPP loan really will allow people to continue to run their business and really help pay for the core things that are needed. So for my business, without the PPP loan, um, we wouldn't have, we, we would have really been in big trouble. Um, we did not close. We had several um, people in um, cleaning businesses that had to close because we do the majority of residential cleaning. And a lot of people said, oh boy, no, 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 it's, it's too crazy. We don't want people in, your ho in our homes. Um, and now we've gotten almost 100% of our businesses back. Um, ironically, now, you know, the schools are not going back and some of the rates are going up. So we're like, oh my gosh, is it gonna be another downturn again? But, you know, providing the government continues to have great programs. I know they come at a cost and we won't even go down that political agenda road, but um, it, it certainly helps small businesses. And the key to it, and I've talked to a lot of different people who got that PPP money, it's about using it for the right reasons, the right way to ensure your success, because it isn't money to just be stuck in your pocket and think that it's a big coup because you can't do that. It, it, it doesn't work that way. So you're saying I shouldn't have spent 30% of it on wine to go down to the beach? <laughs> <laughs> you, you would have to um, pay your landlord that money and have him go buy you wine. There you go. <laughs> Not that I thought about that. I'll let Joe know. <laughs> Who's next to answer Ray's question? Well, let's hear from a franchisor. Like, you know, maybe Carolyn. Carolyn, uh, you know, how has it affected you to have these loans available to either yourself or your, your, your franchisees? Yeah, I think um, as um, the um, people are saying, it pretty much helps to reassure your caregivers um, can receive a check. Now, keep in mind, our industry has continued the need, it, which was there prior to COVID. It was the high need prior to COVID. And what was interesting, it has increased tremendously now because of the fact that um, people do not want to keep their seniors in um, maybe more of an institutional-like type setting. Mm -hmm. So the need has increased, and so it's allowing us to be more creative about how we can attract the right people to get the right 
caregivers to come on so we can continue to meet that need. Um, so it has brought some peace of mind to those business owners who were able to receive some, that they do have um, some, they're able to help their caregivers and keep them employed. You know, they did lose some clients because of the fact when you don't, you have the need is so high, but you don't have enough caregivers. You know, you can't work people for a hundred hours a week, right? So therefore the, the push now is to really see how to draw in and be able, because there's work out there. We just need to find the people who want to, um, yep. Yep. to work. I think it's becoming more and more apparent and it's, it always should have been apparent, but through this whole COVID thing, how important employees are to business yeah. owners. It, yeah. You know, it, it is really, it's your bread and butter. It's your core. Yeah. And, you, mm -hmm. you, you know, I, I've seen employers treat their employees poorly. And those are the businesses that don't seem to do as well as, you know, because they're having a hard time finding people. So, so, oh, can, can I say one thing else? If, you know, in this, in, because people are, could be potentially exposed to COVID, right? And, you know, even if there's a, every week, every day we're with this mindset, if they come in contact with someone, then there's this 14-day quarantine period. So that spots some new thinking and strategies and how can you still operate and now this person's not able to work but they still need to be paid because that's not so that's another way that the PP loans have assisted as well because you know that can help you think through this process because it's not that caregivers um, fault right if something like that was to occur but they still need to be comp compensated so I just want to throw that in there very good point. Rebecca, what's your, what are your thoughts on, on those loans? I think it really has helped uh, a whole bunch of people, small business owners. Um, at Zorical, we, we didn't need it, thank goodness. But uh, many of our franchisors, as Kristen pointed out, um, assisted and encouraged their franchisees to uh, to, to reach out and get these both of these types of loans to keep their businesses uh, going. And, um, yeah, so it's, I think it's been a lifesaver for, oh, for many franchisors and oh, many without franchisees. Doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, the economy is beginning to really, I mean, it's, it's you know, going straight up. So, right. Right. And, and, yeah, yeah, it's going to. Yeah. You know, I think I think the other thing that it's done, Ray, is make people aware how fragile a business can be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 we become now better planners yes. about the future. Like, was that an expense I really needed? Is this? Mm -hmm. Do I have an ROI on this? Yeah. And so it has uh, franchisors and franchisees reassessing their business so they can sustain longer should there yes. ever be another obstacle. So I think that that's a blessing in disguise where we now are looking at our businesses with a more critical ROI type of eye uh, mm. to it. But in the meantime, we have a Band-Aid or mm. many franchisees have a Band-Aid to kind of get through and hopefully we never need another Band-Aid, but we're going to be smarter mm. in the future. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth? 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree with what everyone is saying. I'm in terms of um, talking to people about it through interviews. You know, you see the the franchisors who have really done the right things have been the ones who have guided their franchisees through process. Um, I've seen uh, a woman, Bethany Barnes, advertised in the magazine. She did rapid business plans. She was a you know helps people write their business plans. But during this, she shifted to uh, helping people get these loans. She knew how to oh, do it. She had a background, you know, so, so I think that the people who have those skill sets and, and knowledge bases have really stepped forward. And, and like we've talked about earlier in the communication between franchisor and franchisee, we've had ones that we've talked to that have been on the zoom with their franchisees every single day for a period. And then they went to once a week and now they're going to once every two weeks or once a month. Yep. So, um, you know, I think that, that has been a boon for everybody, not in terms of just the, the Band-Aid, for one thing, keeping people afloat, but also people stepping up to keep their, their people afloat through leadership. Yep, yep, absolutely. And I think Fred is, is motioning to me about paying the electric bill. <laughs> Can't hear you, Fred. I hate microphones. I was going to say, Michelle can answer the question because you didn't ask her. And then after she answers, we need to go to a commercial. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in a, you know, a little bit of a different position as far as these, these loans go. Um, I guess for me, I'm, I'm anxious to see what the final word is, or maybe, maybe the final word has come down and I just have missed it. The final, final word on what defines forgiveness. So that will be kind of interesting when that finally happens, because there's been kind of some conflicting guidance about all of that. So obviously, yes, not using 30% of it to go down to the beach or whatever is, you know, uh, we all know that's not going to be allowed, but, but it will be, it will be interesting to see what the, what the final final is. Yeah. Kristen already figured it out. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, I plan, I, I always take the initial um, plan, knowing that hopefully it only gets better, which in this case yeah, it did. They right. brought in the guidelines, but yep. I managed to the previous guidelines. Yeah. So I'm, I feel good. Now, yeah. now the issue is, oh, please don't make me hit the EIDL money, right? right. It's sitting there in the bank and yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have to touch it. So right. I'll be very curious. You know, right now they're talking a little bit about another potential PPP type of deal. Yeah. And uh, I kind of hope that happens because I don't want to use the EIDL money, even though it's cheap money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. On that note, we'll transition to another commercial. But reminder, 323-580-5755. Uh, you can call in, listen, or ask questions. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, 
for women and about women. We are the Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. All right, Ray. Do you want to take another question or do we want to go down the rabbit hole and then you um, and then ask the final question? So do you want another question before we go down the rabbit hole? No, go ahead. Go down the rabbit hole right now. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> All right. We'll go down the rabbit I mean, honestly, I think we've been in the rabbit hole pretty much the whole show. <laughs> yeah. So um, since we've, we've been talking to our guests as, as uh, business owners, things like that, we really haven't been talking to them as a woman. So my down the rabbit hole question is going to be, <laughs> as a woman, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in COVID-19? In your... Who wants to go first? Everyone's going, oh, I don't want to go first. So... <laughs> okay, I'll go. Okay. Ah, the female business world leaps onto was... it. <laughs> you know, if I go first, then I don't have to try to do something different than everybody else. That's why you do that. Smart, smart, smart. <laughs> yeah, I learned that very early on. Yeah. So what I thought was the weirdest thing turned out to today be probably the most logical thing. Um, so when COVID first hit, I got a, a picture from my dad, and he was in a full-on hazmat suit yellow uh he worked for the gas company out there in california and he had his own air supply pack he had the big um respirator on the face shield he really looked like some of the doctors that were going in and out of covid units and i said oh my god what are you doing and he said i gotta go to costco and i thought (laughs) really you're are you really gonna go to costco like that and he did. And I will tell you, people <laughs> said, oh, my God, where did you get that? Oh, you work for PG&E. No wonder you have all the good stuff, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was so funny. And the oddest thing I'd ever seen thinking, oh, my God, you know, I'm really glad that he protected himself, right? Because I don't want anything to happen to him. But now I'm thinking, wow, maybe he was like the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there amongst all the crazies, you know, who aren't masking and protecting themselves, and he's got his own air supply. There you go, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> like the gas. Yep, yeah. yep, exactly. So that's that's my answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who wants to leap down the hole next? <laughs> all right. Wait, no, I'm out. I, I know, I know. I'm not supposed to answer the microphone. Carolyn but. jumped in first. You gotta wait till the end. Carolyn jumped in first. <laughs> I, yeah, I gotta. You'll get there. I, I saw. I, maybe it was on Facebook. These, these grandparents needed to see their grandkids so much they wrapped themselves in plastic bags. Aww. <laughs> and because they wanted to hug so much. Ah, that was. that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you shared that one. That was good. Yeah, that needed. Mine isn't that like that, but it was just a moment when you think of, um, and this isn't just a woman, but um, we were going, this is during the beginning of COVID, and we're going through the grocery store, which, 
you know, I usually like to go in the grocery store and my husband, he's a, he's a very sociable person. And so we're just now getting to the point where you have to wear these masks. And he's like, you know, I really don't like this because I can't even see if someone's smiling at me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, it was just a moment while I was in the grocery store that I felt like, wow, this doesn't even seem real. You know, everybody's so far apart. It's not our usual. So it's just a moment where I just felt like, wow, maybe we'll wake up and this will all be over, you know? So (laughs) bad dream that from, yeah, it's a bad dream. (laughs) Yeah. So just one of those thoughts, you know, that comes to mind. Okay. So I don't know how odd mine is, but it's, it's an only in Alabama story. So I don't know how aware you all are of the the Alabama, they call them ambassadors to the city of Mobile has a group and then the city, the Baldwin County has a group and they wear antebellum dresses and hats and things all across to every parade. We have a lot of parades, every event, every chamber events, school events, fall festivals, Mardi Gras parades, everything they parade. So I saw a picture of them online, and I actually write the script for their thing, so I'm kind of involved in this group. But um, I saw them doing a nursing home visit from, you know, 10 or 12 feet away from the residents, just because they're pretty. You know, it's a pretty scene. Wearing, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to show you the photo. Can you see oh, these? beautiful. Oh. So they each have, they have matching gauntlets on their hands. They wear bloomers that are matching. Everything is matching and lacy and embroidered and monogrammed. Monogramming is big. So they had face masks in the same fabric and color as their dresses. Oh, <laughs> oh With a little lace ruffle around it. And I thought, only in Alabama, you can see. Wait a second. And they were probably monogrammed. You mean oh those goodness. people weren't on a cake? I thought those on, people... These are not on a cake. No, I thought they were from on a cake. I was hungry there. Like, mm, I have a feeling cake. none of you has experienced this where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, California, you never quite know. It wouldn't be all that hot. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next wants to jump down the hole? We're down to two. I can't think of anything as a woman that I thought was odd, other than the crazy memes, some very, very interesting memes. The funniest one to me, anyone, where was when somebody saw a sign that said something about bandanas, you know, wearing bandanas, but they spelled it bananas. <laughs> and there was, there was a series of memes where people had bananas, you know, a strong <laughs> okay. So I thought that was very creative, very cute. That is. Uh, you guys need to get out. I think more. one of the ahead, funny, Michelle. well, there's so many, so many different odd things, but uh, only in California, I'm sure it's other mm-hmm. places too, but it seems very typically California that um, someone I'm connected to on Facebook, her she posted herself in a Louis Vuitton mask that her boyfriend had purchased for her. And she was so excited about getting a Louis Vuitton mask. And I'm thinking, holy cow, how much did that Louis Vuitton mask cost? And does it even work? That's the other thing. You know, how many does it, you know, so. And can you breathe out of that Can you breathe out of the, yeah. So it, it was so typically, I think it was, uh, she's in Santa Barbara, which is, you know, pretty ritzy, pretty ritzy area. 
So yeah, yeah that was yeah, yeah. that was pretty yeah, funny. I think you can come real close, but only in California. Only in Cal, yeah, it's not, <laughs> not in other places. Maybe New York or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you folks need to get outside more. The other day I saw a goat on a surfboard. I mean, really? Well, yes. That is, but that's not COVID. That's just all the time. So. Yeah. They don't know that. Yeah, I Seriously. saw that guy, too. That's uh, right. He carries his goats around in his car, and that's a true story. It's fun to watch him from afar, but when you told me how he smells, I'm yeah, no not so good. <laughs> I I made sure you were protected, didn't I? (laughs) So, Ray, our last question, take us out of here. Uh, The the famous last question. Everybody wants to give a little bit of a spiel about themselves, very short, about uh, if you want someone to contact you, uh, especially if you're, you know, selling something (laughs) like a franchise. (laughs) So why don't we start with Michelle and then go to Mm -hmm. Carolyn and then our female business warrior, and then Rebecca and Lister. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm Michelle Rumpel. Our company is Westvine, W-E-S-T-V-Y-N-E. And we do work with um, franchises and non-franchises in um, helping them with their marketing, getting the word out about their businesses. So um, anybody has any questions, always happy to answer questions. Thank you so much. Enjoyed being on the show. Okay, so thank you. I'm Carolyn Thurston. I'm with Wisdom Senior Care, um, the CEO and the founder, where we're helping seniors be able to stay in their homes happy and without any complaints. So if you're interested in um, being able to help us with this mission, you can feel free to look us up on um, wisdomseniorcare.com and um, our contact information is right there for you. Any questions? you may have, but definitely just reach out. Female business warrior. <laughs> uh, I am Kristen Shelnetsi. I am the owner of Molly Made of Bloomingdale and Mount Prospect in Illinois. Uh, easiest probably to find me on LinkedIn at Kristen.Shelnetsi. The name is always slaughtered, so it's S as in Sam, Next time I'll have a sign that spells it out for you all. Or business warrior. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why Just we call you. the links on the show. Follow the links on the show. You can there we go. Score. That's yeah. why she's a female business warrior. Who would you call next, Ray? So, uh, Rebecca Monet, I am CEO, Chief Scientist, Zoracle Profiles. We provide profiling tools to franchisors and to franchise consultants that help facilitate a right fit between a prospective franchisee and a franchise concept. Uh, the easiest way to get hold of me is either through zoracleprofiles.com or on LinkedIn, Rebecca Monet. Elizabeth. I am Elizabeth Denham of the Franchise Woman Magazine by women for women and about women, providing tools, information, and inspiration for women in franchising. So if you would like to get in touch with us, the uh, website is thefranchisewoman.com. All right. Well, Wonderful guest, Wonderful guest. We enjoyed having you all. Thank you so much. And thank you for being our... 
ongoing women's planning co-host and putting up with Ray <laughs> and especially my weird questions. This has been another ass-kicking episode of Pillars of Franchising. We'll be back next week with another episode of Thank <laughs> you.